Hello, this is Darren Alf from BicycleTouringPro.com, and today I'm going to discuss my bikepacking gear list. I'm going to break down everything that I bring with me on my bikepacking adventures. That includes the bike that I ride, the bags that I pack all of my belongings inside of, the clothing that I wear on my bike, the tools that I bring with me, and a whole lot more. Now, this is an audio podcast, and you can't actually see any of the things that I'm discussing. So if you want to see what my bikepacking setup looks like, and you want a detailed breakdown of each and every item that I carry with me on my bikepacking adventures, be sure to visit the website at bicycletrainpro.com forward slash bikepacking. And for a detailed breakdown of each and every item that I'm going to be discussing here in this podcast, be sure to go to bicycletrainpro.com forward slash bikepacking dash gear dash list. That's bikepacking gear list. Or just go to bicycletrainpro.com, click on the search bar and enter bikepacking gear list. Okay, so the first thing that I bring with me on my bikepacking adventures is the bicycle itself. And for me, I chose to get a Chumba Ursa 29 Plus. It's a mountain bike, essentially, with these super fat, like, three-inch wide tires. Not quite as wide as you might see on a fat bike, but something in between that and the biggest tire you've ever seen on a mountain bike, for example. So... They're really big tires, which makes the bike super smooth over over like bumpy terrain. And the thing that makes this bike unique is that the Chumba Ursa was designed with bikepacking in mind. So there's a whole bunch of like eyelets all around the frame of the bicycle, which allow you to mount front and rear racks if you wanted to, like you would do on a traditional touring bicycle. And there's a whole bunch of other eyelets that are on there for bikepacking. So there's multiple mounts on the fork so you can mount water bottles or accessory bags there. There are a bunch of these eyelets inside the the uh, main triangle on the frame of the bicycle and then there's a bunch of eyelets on the bottom side of the down tube as well for water bottles. Uh, you might mount an anything cage there uh, to mount uh, some bikepacking accessory bags but Anyways, the Chumba Ursa 29 Plus is the bicycle that I'm using on my bikepacking adventures. And the only modification that I made to the bicycle after I bought it is that I added a set of Shimano SPD pedals. Because um, when I'm riding on the road, sometimes on my touring bicycle, my road touring bicycle, I'm not too worried about my feet like slipping off the pedals or anything because I'm riding on a smooth surface. And yeah, the ride is just comfortable. It's it's not usually much of an issue. But when you're bikepacking and going over rough terrain, it's nice to have SPD pedals because then your shoes are clipped to the pedals of your bike, um, which prevents your shoes from slipping off the pedals and you know you slamming your groin into the top tube of your bicycle. So when I'm bikepacking, I like to ride in Shimano SPD pedals. Um, they aren't maybe as comfortable as regular shoes, but they do certainly make your time on the bike more enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, Shimano SPD shoes are not super comfortable to walk around in, however. So if you were doing like a really long multi-day bikepacking trip and you were planning to spend time in cities or towns walking around or whatever, I don't know if I would wear just a single pair of Shimano SPD shoes, but it might be the sort of thing where you have to bring a pair of sandals or another pair of shoes. 
Anyways, for me, I have a set of SPD pedals on my bike. In addition to that, I've also added a few water bottle cages. So I have three water bottle cages on my bicycle. And you might be surprised to learn that those water bottle cages are not inside the main triangle on my bike. Instead, I have two water bottles mounted on the sides of my front fork. Remember I mentioned that there were eyelets all over the bike where you can mount different things? Well, I am using the eyelets on my fork to carry two water bottles in those positions. Then I have another water bottle cage which is located at the top end of the top tube of my bicycle on the bottom side. So it's like kind of near where the handlebars are but up above the front wheel. So I'm carrying three water bottles in those three water bottle cages. However, I can carry a total of five total water bottles on my existing bikepacking setup. And there's a number of different ways I could set up my bike, but at the moment I have it set up so that I can carry lots of water. And I'm able to do that because I have, in addition to those three water bottle cages, I have two Wanderlust Gear Rattlesnake Stem Slash Bar Bags that are strapped to essentially the back side of my handlebars near the stem. And those two bags allow me to insert two different water bottles. And those water bottles sit basically right up near the my handlebars, um, basically in the same spot that you would put a GPS or a light or something up on, on the handlebars of your bike. So there's three water bottle cages on my bike and two of these rattlesnake stem slash bar bags up near my handlebars. So with all of that combined, I can carry five total water bottles. Now let's talk about some of the bikepacking bags that I'm using on my bikepacking adventures. The first and probably the largest bag that I have on my bike is the Divide Frame Bag. This is a big triangular bag that fits in the main triangle of my bicycle. So it fills up that entire space inside the frame of the bike. And inside this bag, I carry some clothing, some miscellaneous items. Um, I also put food in there. And yeah, you could put whatever you want in there, really. It's basically just a big space in between the main frame of your bicycle. My big recommendation with this bag and pretty much any frame bag that you use is that you need to be careful with how you pack it because um, there's a tendency for this bag to expand out to the sides. And if it expands out too far, your knees are gonna rub up against the bag as you're pedaling. Your feet could potentially hit the side of the bag, which could put a hole in it. And so you need to be careful about how you pack. Generally, you want to put heavier items down at the bottom and lighter items up at the top. And you want to put things in there that aren't going to roll around or expand as you cycle. So in addition to the Divide Frame Bag, which by the way is made by a company called Wanderlust Gear. Wanderlust Gear is located in Austin, Texas, and they make some really amazing bikepacking products. In fact, all of the bags that I have on my bikepacking setup are made by Wanderlust Gear. If you want to learn more about Wanderlust Gear, I did a podcast with them, which you can check out on the Bicycle Touring Pro podcast and on the Bicycle Touring Pro website at bicycletouringpro.com. But you might also want to visit their website directly. It's wanderlustgearusa.com. 
Anyways, in addition to the Divide frame bag, I've also got the Wanderlust Gear Sawtooth Bar Bag, which is basically a big double-sided roll top bag. So if you've ever um, encountered like those waterproof bags that you might put your camera inside of when you go kayaking or something, it's basically a, a plastic bag with a roll thing at the top, like two clips and a roll. So you roll the bag a few times and then you clip it together and that creates a waterproof seal. And that's exactly how this bag is designed. So there's two of those roll things on each side of the bag. And it's a pretty big bag, so you can store lots of good stuff in there. I personally store my tent inside of there. It's big enough to put the entire tent and poles and rain fly and everything in there. It's also big enough, even with the tent inside, to store some additional things as well. So I usually put like my fleece jacket or my rain jacket or something like that inside this bag while I'm riding. In addition to the sawtooth bar bag, I've also got a pinion pocket handlebar bag, which is a smaller fanny pack shaped bag that goes over the sawtooth handlebar bag. You can use it with or without the sawtooth handlebar bag actually, but if you're if you're riding in a full bike packing setup, you might have both of those bags on your bike at any one time. The the sawtooth bag is the big bag and that's where I put my tent and stuff and, and I would recommend probably using it in that way to keep larger items that you don't need to access very often. But the pinion pocket is more like the handlebar bags that you're used to seeing on like traditional road touring bicycles. So if you have items that you want to access easily and or frequently while you're cycling, the pinion pocket is probably a good place to put those items. That was a lot of peace. Pinion pocket was the place to put those items. So that just about does it for the handlebar bags. Now behind my seat, behind my saddle, I'm carrying the Shenandoah seat bag, which again is a one-sided roll top bag, similar to the Sawtooth bar bag, which had the roll tops on both sides. The Shenandoah has that roll top just on one side. So you kind of Velcro one side of the bag around your seat tube, and then there are two clips that clip into the back of your saddle essentially. And then there's this roll top pocket on the back of the bag, which allows you to easily get in and out of this bag at any time during your bikepacking adventures. And I personally carry my sleeping bag inside of the Shenandoah seat bag, um, but you could carry anything in there really. A lot of people store clothing and stuff. I put my sleeping bag in and there's still, even with my sleeping bag in there, there's still room for some extras. So I usually put clothes and food and stuff in there also. Now, if you still need extra space on your bicycle and you've kind of filled up your pinion pocket already, which is that handlebar bag that makes everything so easy to reach as you're riding, you might also try using the Beargrass Top Tube bag, which I use to store um, just a few small clothing items. Like I put a, a beanie in there sometimes, but I also sometimes put my socks and things like that. I know a lot of other people use this as their main feed bag, so they'll put cliff bars in there and other food that they might want to reach while they're riding. Um, but I put a couple soft things down at the bottom, like socks or underwear or a beanie. And then I place my digital camera on top of those soft items so that those soft items absorb the bumps a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I found that this bag, because it's sitting basically between my legs as I'm pedaling, um, it's very easy to reach. And for me, I like taking pictures and shooting videos on my trips. So having my camera right there in an easy to reach bag is really, really nice. So that's the Beargrass top tube bag. And once again, it's, it's a small camera size bag that fits on the top tube of your bicycle. Then, as I mentioned previously, I have two Wanderlust Gear Rattlesnake Stem and Bar Bags that I use to carry my water bottles up near the handlebars on my bicycle. And these are two bags that, when I first got them, I was like, I don't know if I'd really use these. It kind of makes my bike look a little strange with the water bottles up so high. But the truth is, once I started using these bags, they've really quickly become like one of my favorite items that I have in my entire bikepacking gear list. And uh, I can't really imagine going bikepacking without them. It's nice to have two extra water bottles, and it's really nice to have that water up near my head while I'm cycling, so I don't have to bend over and wrestle with the water bottle cages um, in my frame or on my fork or whatever while I'm riding. Finally, the last bikepacking bag that I have on my bicycle is the Monita Accessory Bag, which is a cylindrical bag. I'm not exactly sure how big it is, like the size of a small thermos, perhaps. And it's an insulated bag, which means that you could put a thermos inside of it, in fact. Um, but I don't use it that way. I use this bag to store my sleeping pad while I'm riding. And I'll talk about my sleeping pad in just a moment. But I have a small sleeping pad that I use on my bikepacking adventures. It's the REI Flash, by the way. And it happens to fit perfectly inside the Monita accessory bag. Now, I should mention that these Monita accessory bags can be mounted in other places on my bicycle. However, I have mounted my single Monita accessory bag on the bottom of the down tube on my bicycle, kind of down near the bottom bracket. And it just barely squeezes in there. And um, you got to be careful a little bit sometimes because the front wheel, if you don't put it in there just right, um, the front wheel will rub up against the bag. So you need to put it in there properly and maybe even just press the bag back just a couple millimeters and then there's no problem with wheel clearance. But um, it's a very, very tight fit if you choose to put the bag in that position. Most people, however, swap out the water bottle cages that I have chosen to put on my front fork. They take those off and, and mount two Monita accessory bags in their place. So instead of carrying two water bottles on the front fork, a lot of people will have these accessory bags on the front fork and they store clothing and food and whatever else they want in those bags. For me, I just decided that I wanted to have more water than I wanted to have more stuff on my bike. So I chose to mount my water bottle cages on the front fork instead of these accessory bags, but you could really do it however you want. And I should mention that the Monita accessory bag is mounted to my bicycle with the Salsa Anything cage. Now, this is a little difficult to describe, but basically the Anything cage is, is an oversized water bottle cage. It's a metal cage, very similar in shape and design to a water bottle cage that you're used to seeing on bicycles. However, it's like twice as big and it fits perfectly with the Monita accessory bag. So I've mounted this Anything cage just like I would mount a regular water bottle cage to the 
bottom of my down tube on my bicycle. And then the Monita accessory bag just Velcros onto the anything cage. Once again, if you want to see how this all works, be sure to visit my website, bicycletrainpro.com, and just enter bikepacking gear list in the search bar. Okay, so that just about does it for my bicycle and the bikepacking bags. Let's talk about camping equipment. I've basically only got three items that I carry with me for camping. I've got a tent, which is my Big Agnes Copper Spur HV Ultralight one-man tent. This is a tent that I personally love. It's probably my favorite bicycle touring slash bikepacking tent in the world that I've ever used, at least. Um, It's very small, very lightweight. It's a perfect three-season bike camping tent, and it's very popular amongst people who do backpacking and things like that because of its size and weight. And it just so happens to fit perfectly inside the handlebar bag that I discussed previously. So, um, yeah, once again, I'm carrying the Big Agnes Copper Spur HV Ultralight One-Man Tent, and I would highly recommend it if you're in the market for a new tent. As far as a sleeping bag goes, I have been using the Marmot Always Summer Sleeping Bag for the past several years, in fact. And I've used a lot of sleeping bags over the years, but I really like these bags by Marmot. In fact, I have the winter bag um, of the same brand as well. But uh, the Always Summer Bag is, is a lightweight, small, lightweight, down sleeping bag that is perfect for summer bikepacking adventures. You wouldn't want to use this sleeping bag in like especially cold conditions. If you were doing a wintertime bike trip or something, you'd freeze your butt off. But um, for summertime trips, it's perfect. Um, And it does do well in cold weather. It's just once you get down near freezing, um, this is where this this particular sleeping bag um, starts to lose its effectiveness. Then finally, the third and maybe the most important part of my entire camping setup is the sleeping pad, which I mentioned earlier, I carry inside of the Monita accessory bag on the bottom of my bicycle. And inside that accessory bag, I have the sleeping pad, which is my REI Flash. It's made by REI. Um, It's one of their designs, and it's called the Flash. And this sleeping pad has gone through several iterations. So I have the most current model, which I bought in 2017, and maybe there'll be a new model in the future. But um, it's got a really unique like honeycomb design, which might throw some people off. Like a lot of people are gonna look at this sleeping pad and think, oh gosh, that doesn't look comfortable. But the truth is when you lay down on it, it's actually very comfortable. And I like this sleeping pad not only because it's small and lightweight, but because it gets you pretty far up off the ground. Um, A lot of sleeping pads really only raise you a centimeter or so off the ground, and when you lay on the pad, you can still feel the ground underneath you. This pad, um, I have not had that problem, really. That being said, I've only been using the REI Flash for a few months now. Haven't had any problems with it, no holes or anything, but I like to test my sleeping pads over the long, long run because I've I've gone through so many sleeping pads over the years. I know that a lot of these pads get holes in them and they blow up and things happen to them. And so um, I have become really, really picky about the sleeping pads that I not only use but recommend. And so right now, the the REI Flash is a really good one that I recommend. Um, If that changes in the future, however, I will certainly let you know. Okay, now let's talk about bike tools. 
and I'll try to make this quick because these are pretty generic bike tools that pretty much any cyclist would be carrying with them on their bike trips. So I've got a pump, a small hand pump that I use. Um, the one I've been using for the past couple years, it's by a company called Lazine, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not exactly sure. The pump is called the Lazine Sport Drive HV Hand Pump. And it's a, oh, I would guess it's about seven inches long or so, cylindrical hand pump. And you open up the side of this thing and inside the pump is like a tube. So you remove this tube and screw it onto the end. And then you screw the other end of that tube onto your bicycle tube. And then you start pumping with this thing. So um, yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, like a fold up floor pump in a hand pump which is really nice. And, and I think it's really powerful. It's been super reliable for me. I've been using this pump for the last three years or so with no problems whatsoever. So um, yeah, I'd highly recommend the Lazine Sport Drive HV hand pump. Then I've also got a multi-tool with me, just your generic. I, I, the one I'm using is from Origin 8. It's a like wooden multi-tool. Um, it's a little on the heavy side and I wish it had a chain tool on it because with bikepacking especially, like if you hit your chain on a big rock or something, you can damage it and you need to remove one of the links or whatever. It's very important to have that chain tool. So I don't have that on my current multi-tool and I wish I did. Just something to keep in mind um, if you're looking for a multi-tool for your own bikepacking trips, I'd recommend uh, getting one that has a chain tool built in. I'm also carrying two tire levers with me on my bike. The Chumba Ursa 29 Plus comes with tubeless tires. So there's no tube inside the bike like you would find on a traditional road bike, for example. However, if you do get a major flat or you need to remove those tires for whatever reason, having these tire levers might just come in handy. So I've got two of those. I'm also carrying a tubeless tire plug kit. Now, Tubeless tires, for the most part, will patch themselves. If you run over a thorn or even a small nail or something and you pull it out, um, the tires have this liquid inside, which basically fills the hole where the puncture occurred. And that fluid will dry and you'll be able to continue cycling without losing too much air. However, if you get a major puncture inside one of your tires, say you do run over a big nail or a or a big old piece of glass or something, something so big that that liquid inside can't auto fix itself, then you're going to need these plugs. They're basically, they look like uh, long strings of earwax, basically, um, <laughs> that you then plug into your tire to fill the hole. So it's a good idea to bring a few of those along. Um, I'm also carrying some chain lube, a tiny little bottle of chain lube, just to lube my chain, and which especially when you're bikepacking, you need to do on a regular basis, um, especially if you're in dirty, rocky, sandy sort of terrain, you really got to take care of your chain. So you want to have some chain lube with you. I also carry a small folding knife with me on my bikepacking adventures. And um, it's not for self-defense. It's for food preparation, mostly. Um, if I'm I don't know, spreading peanut butter on a, an apple. I would use the knife to cut the apple and spread the peanut butter, for example. So that's kind of how I use the knife for the most part. The knife could be used as a self-defense 
uh, weapon of some kind, but for the most part, it's really there uh, for food prep. And depending on the bikepacking trip that I'm taking and the food that I'm bringing with me, I might also carry a small, uh, lightweight titanium spork, which is like a spoon and a fork combined together. And that way I can eat like soup or yogurt or um, spaghetti even, um, things like that, um, that I wouldn't be able to eat maybe just with my hands. Okay, so we've talked about the bike. We've talked about the bike packing bags. We've talked about camping gear and we've talked about tools. Now let's talk about clothing. Now, clothing is kind of a personal thing when it comes to bicycle touring and even bike packing. However, I'm just going to tell you the stuff, the clothing that I bring with me on my own bikepacking trips, and you can change or alter this however you see fit. Um, first of all, I have a helmet that I wear, and I especially like wearing a helmet when I'm bikepacking um, because bikepacking is essentially a more physical activity, much more physical than, say, road touring. So um, there's a greater chance that you're going to get hurt on a bikepacking adventure, which is probably why you see a lot more young people doing bikepacking trips and not as many older people because it's more technically challenging and if you do get hurt um, you could be a long way from help and civilization and all that so make sure you're wearing a helmet i also have been wearing a long sleeve cycling jersey as i'm riding and i like the long sleeve jerseys over the short sleeve um, for the most part, because when you're bikepacking, it depends where you are, of course, but oftentimes you're you're cycling on single track trails, um, going through bushes and under trees and things like that. And those branches that stick out can really scrape up your arms. So I like having this long sleeve cycling jersey, but you could really wear whatever you wanted as you ride. Um, I also like the long sleeve just because it gives greater sun protection. And I think uh, as someone who's been bicycle touring around the world now for 18 years, I think I know that the weather, the sun, is probably one of the most dangerous things that you come across on any bicycle touring adventure. So you want to give yourself some protection while you're out there on the road. In addition to the jersey that I wear when I'm on the bike, I've also got a pair of shorts that I ride in. And I don't personally ride in like uh, tight spandex lycra uh, bike shorts. I just ride in a pair of Hurley bike shorts that are basically like skateboard shorts that you would get at your local surf or skateboard shop. And they're the same shorts that I wear on my road touring expeditions as well. But once again, just wear whatever shorts you're comfortable riding in. When I'm bikepacking, just like when I'm bicycle touring, I want to have some rain gear with me just in case. And for the last couple years, I've been packing the REI Rhyolite rain jacket, which is probably one of my favorite rain jackets that I've ever used on my bicycle train adventures anywhere in the world. Uh, once again, it's the REI Rhyolite rain jacket, and it's not made specifically for bicycling, just to throw that out there. There's a hood on the jacket that's kind of built in. You can't remove it. Um, so that is something that a lot of cyclists don't like, but I'm not too concerned with speed or aerodynamics, so it, having that hood on the back doesn't really bother me that much. But the fit of this jacket, I just feel is really nice for cycling, and it's incredibly lightweight and waterproof. Unlike so many other rain jackets that are actually out there on the market that say they're waterproof but really aren't, this one actually does its job of keeping the water off of you when you're riding in the rain. So in addition to my rain jacket, I've also 
got a lightweight fleece jacket that can fold up really small and uh, is good to ride in um, when you're riding in cold weather. Um, but it's also very nice to have around camp at night or even to sleep in in your sleeping bag inside your tent in especially cold weather. So just a note with that REI Rhyolite rain jacket, it's very thin. It's just meant to keep the wind and the rain off of you. The fleece jacket is necessary if you're riding in cooler temperatures. The fleece will keep you warm and the Rhyolite rain jacket will keep the water off of you. In addition to all that, I usually carry a small compact pair of fleece pants and I use these just around camp to kind of, they're like my camping pajamas basically. Um, and they fold up really small inside the bag, which is really nice and they're super light. They practically don't weigh a thing and they keep you warm at night, which is really nice when you're in your tent and in your sleeping bag trying to keep warm in cool weather. I also carry at least one just regular t-shirt with me when I'm bikepacking. And I use this one t-shirt to walk around town in or walk around my campsite in uh, after I've reached camp at the end of the day. And I will also sleep in this t-shirt at night. So I have one jersey basically that I'm riding in during the day. And then I have another shirt, a clean t-shirt that I'm sleeping in at night. In addition to that, I've got two pairs of underwear, one that I'm wearing and one that I'm washing or drying at any given time. Um, I have a pair of full finger cycling gloves, and I like the gloves from Fox Racing. Fox Racing, they make mountain bike apparel, and I really like their gloves. They, they fit extremely well. They're comfortable. And um, I prefer the full finger gloves over the ones where the fingers are chopped off just because... Um, Gloves, in large part, are meant to protect your hands during a fall. Like, a lot of people believe the gloves are designed to give you extra padding as you're riding, and they are in some instances, but usually gloves are designed first and, and foremost to protect your hands while you're riding and in the event of a crash. They are also used to keep your hands warm. And then finally, they do give you some extra padding as well as you ride. So um, those are the gloves that I use. I also carry at least three pairs of black socks with me on my bikepacking trips. And two of those pairs I rotate between during days of cycling. So I wear one pair, the next day I wear the other pair and wash the pair that I just wore. And then the third pair of socks I wear only around camp or inside my tent at night. Uh, once again, I wear them sometimes when I'm sleeping if it's really, really cold. So that's the way I do it with socks. And I mentioned earlier that I had a pair of SBD pedals on my bike. Well, I have also got a pair of Perlizumi SBD cycling shoes that I ride in. Um, and those shoes are compatible with the pedals, of course. An important item that you don't want to forget is your sunglasses. You don't want to forget your sunglasses when you're bikepacking. And it doesn't really matter which pair you have. I, I have some Nike sunglasses that I've been using for years that I really like. But any pair that you're comfortable with is good. So that just about does it for clothing. Let me just cover a few of the extra items that I carry with me on my bikepacking trips. 
I carry a digital camera with me. A lot of people who go bikepacking are gonna be just carrying their smartphone and taking pictures that way. I like to take slightly more professional photos. And so I have been using a Canon G7X Mark II digital camera to shoot video and photos on my bikepacking trips. And this is a small, compact, and kind of heavy uh, digital camera. And one of the things I like most about this camera is that it has a flip screen on it so that I can shoot selfies of myself, basically, and see what I'm shooting. Um, without that flip screen, you're kind of just guessing as to whether or not you're in the shot. So um, I have a digital camera. I've, I also travel with my smartphone. And when I'm bringing my phone, depending on the length of the trip, I will bring the charger for the phone. And I will also sometimes bring backup batteries for the phone as well. There's tons of backup batteries that you can use. And I've got several small lightweight ones that I have been using on my bikepacking trip. So if I'm going on a multi-day trip, I'll usually bring the phone, the charger, the charging cable, the USB cable, and like one or two of these extra backup batteries. I also carry a small, you know, lightweight uh, set of earphones, the kind that like just barely squeeze inside your ear. And I like to bring these just because I like to listen to podcasts and music and, and language tapes and stuff like that uh, once I get into my tent at night. So I have a pair of earphones. I'm carrying some basic toiletries with me, as you might suspect. I usually, when I'm bikepacking, my bikepacking trips have all been relatively short at this point, so I haven't gone on a bikepacking trip that was like a month long. But for my short kind of overnight bike trips, I'm usually just carrying like a toothbrush and toothpaste, and that's essentially it. I might carry some dental floss or some other like necessary accessories um, in my toiletry kit. Um, but for the most part, I have just been carrying a toothbrush and toothpaste and maybe a little dental floss on my bikepacking adventures. And then finally, I'm carrying a my wallet with my driver's license, some cash, and credit cards inside. And I use a zippered travel wallet instead of like a regular wallet, which is like open at the top. Because when you're bikepacking, your your wallet's inside your bag somewhere and it's bouncing around. And there's a good chance that your credit card could just fall out somewhere. And I don't want that to happen. So I use the zippered travel wallet to keep all of my items secure. And um, yeah, I've found that it works really, really well for me. Um, the other thing that I should mention when it comes to wallets and bikepacking is that when you are bikepacking, it's probably a good idea to have a fair amount of cash on you because you might be passing through more remote areas um, away from civilization where they might have credit card processing machines. So it's always a good idea to have a little cash on you when you go bikepacking. Anyways, guys, that is it. That is my complete bikepacking gear list. If you want to see the complete gear list for yourself, go to bicycletouringpro.com forward slash bikepacking dash gear dash list. Or you can just go to bicycletouringpro.com and in the search bar, enter bikepacking gear list. I'm Darren Alf from bicycletouringpro.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you out on the road sometime soon.